following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Bang bang, what is up you guys? Welcome to episode 108 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrump. And this is Stank. This is the official podcast of Pro Wrestling Tees. We bring you brand new episodes every Monday right here on this very feed. Uh, if you already aren't, go ahead and follow us over on social media at PWTCast on Instagram and Twitter. You can find our uh, regular social medias there as well. And we do have a Patreon as well, patreon.com forward slash PWTCast. We have a movie review show, a conspiracy theory show, a Power Rangers retrospective show as well. Uh, three different tiers. You, again, head over to patreon.com forward slash PWTCast and uh, become a member. Um, Dave, clearly... There's going to be a lot of CM Punk talk on this. Uh, yes. It, you know, it's a talk of the town. I don't know if anyone's heard. CM Punk is back. Um, so I figured probably before that um, we should kind of just get everything else out of the way um, and, and then get to the CM Punk talk. You know, like even you and I, you know, f- funny enough, this is our second time attempting trying to record this. Um, yeah. The first time we were actually on location at the uh, Heredia household. Um, it they're having a baby shower um and we were trying to record there uh in michael's basement the only thing was uh there was very very loud mexican music playing Um, yeah and we could actually barely audibly hear it in his basement but on the recording stuff it sounded like there was a mariachi band right next to us so yeah we we might as well have been set up a third microphone uh in front of a speaker because yeah it was just that loud um but you know what i think as uh as far as baby showers go it's pretty fun you know yeah seeing all the family there and of course you know a lot of the pwt family showed up uh it was fun everyone was kind of hanging loose and you know we'll get to the cm cm punk talk later but yeah i mean this week's kind of been a pressure cooker and it was nice to just kind of Max and relax with the whole crew before jumping back into that pressure cooker. Um, you know, obviously Monica looked, uh, she was aglow with uh, motherly beauty and, you know, Michael was running around opening various bottles of liquor and, you know, enjoying the celebration. It was really fun. I, I will say first off, uh, shout out, the, shout out the jeans on Monica's family. Cause boy, yeah. boy, are those women beautiful. Shout out Leslie. Also like I, I mentioned to you, um, Moses, Moses Gibson, we've had him on before, you know, uh, Moses Gibson of the Cryptic Closet. Uh, he was there. I constantly mention he and p- people who know him, they'll understand. He's just like the coolest fucking person. You yeah. Know? Like he's, <laughs> he, you know, he walks in. He, of course, is like dressed cooler than everyone. Like he's wearing this weird cowboy shirt and he has like braids like and he's just got is and and he is just like genuinely the nicest person you know yeah brother complete scumbag but him a fucking just angel of a person and like you know he's just sitting there cooling he has his headphones on just like i'm sure he's listening to some cool music you and i are just because we're old men we're not aware of um but th- that guy every time he shows up to an event dressed up it's just like god what a what a dapper crew and then oh, also juan and i bullied mark into putting on a, a nice shirt as well um i'm gonna embarrass you mark i'm sorry little buddy um uh, mark villanueva also a former guest of the show 
I text, I'm texting with Johnny um, before the show or, or before the show, before the uh, baby shower. We're trying to figure out like what time everyone's getting there and stuff like that. And um, he's like, oh, yeah. So I was taking Mark and Juan. I'm like, no, no, no. Juan has a car. He's going to take them. And then I'm like, man, I really hope Mark doesn't show up in a fucking Jay White t-shirt and a backwards Vikings hat. He's like, you should probably text Juan and make sure. So I text Juan and he's like, yeah, he goes, we were, we stopped at Target. He goes, and I forced him to buy a, like a nice button up shirt. Um, Cause sure enough, Mark was showing up in a uh, Miami beach shirt and the aforementioned Vikings hat. Uh, you know, that we were just, you know, playfully giving him shit the whole time. But to our credit, everyone kept complimenting the boy on how, you know, how wonderful he looked. The good look. He looked like, uh, you know, business casual looking nice looking sharp yeah yeah so so that was fun um yeah no and uh, like we mentioned uh you know it, it was fun this week fucking ooh, just dragged it was a lot of crate we had, we had the pro wrestling crate anyone who describes the pro wrestling crate the new crate room that we're in is not uh the heating and cooling is set up uh combat has not come out to activate it yet so it was literally yeah. I my legs are covered. I've counted twelve mosquito bites because I was just sweating. Like at one point I literally finished crates, ran upstairs to take a shower, and then went right back to work because I just I I could not work. At at one point I get the grind. Dude, there was one I think it was like the first or second night we went back to the shop and it's like nice and cool in there. I literally Hulk Hogan style just ripped my shirt off and threw it away and just grabbed one of the botched t-shirts off the shelf because it was just so gross that like, oh, it was the absolute worst. But no, you know, I, I think everything Friday forward has been really fun, you know, yesterday, today included. Um, but yeah, uh, again, there's going to be a lot of CM Punk talk, so I kind of want to just um, get everything out of the way. Um, what if? Or actually, no, no, no. Before before we get to that, what what if Dave had uh, eaten two of these Pocky Chips? Because famously, last year, Dave did the uh, Pocky Chip Challenge somewhere on our Instagram. You guys can, can dig for it somewhere on our yeah. Instagram. Um, and Dave was – this guy fucking licked the rapper. <laughs> like, he was so – the hubris on this man. Yeah, and, uh, cool. This time there was another Pocky challenge. You guys, some of you guys, if, if you follow, you know, myself or other various members of, of the PWT cast, Matt Nick's posted a video. Um, it was he and oh, we talked about it actually last week. Um, yeah. On this episode, you know, they did the uh, Pocky some hot chip challenge. And Dave, uh, you know, you were so offended they didn't invite you. You were going to do two. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be to be fair, I was going to do two last year and I chickened out. And then with time comes foolishness and, you know, more hubris. And, you know, when it comes to these chips, it it goes bragging. Oh, yeah, I, I could take that to immediately before eating the chip. You're like, what am I doing? And then you eat the chip and then you're definitely like, why, why, do, why do I keep doing this to myself? <laughs> and then once you get past that, for, for, first of all, it, the chip tastes horrible. There's n- there's no good flavor. Um, I was trying to describe it uh, with Matt Nix, and I was like, it was like if you took a like a El Ranchero chip and left it at the bottom of a garbage can, and everyone just threw their their lunch scraps and the juice stripped down and soaked into the chip, and then you put it out in the sun and let it re dry up. That's like the flavor. 
it's a garbage juice, very vegetal, disgusting flavor. But on top of that, it's not even – it's like when you imagine like a seasoned chip, you think of like a Dorito with like the powder. There are granules on there, but like there's a base coating of stuff sprayed on it, so it's thick. It's like a paste. And like I said, it's like an El Ranchero chip, so it's really thick. So like you really have to chew it. Otherwise, you get like shards of chip down your throat. And so it had been about a year since I had done it last, and I was like, oh, yeah, I can eat two. I mean, it was bad, but it couldn't have been that bad. I survived. And then again, I ate the chip, and I licked the wrapper. And, you know, Frank was watching, and he saw me cough. And, like, last time, that was, like, the cough signals, you know, (laughs) my downfall, (laughs) where all the hubris just crumbles away from me. And I was like, nope, I'm not doing two. And this one was like every year it gets a little bit hotter. I mean, this one had Carolina Reaper and Scorpion X pepper. It, it's it's not even it's not even like eating a jalapeno. It's like a chemical burn. It's almost like if you ate bleach and you were allergic to it. <laughs> like there's no there's no other description. It's it's just like liquid napalm. So I. I made a realization that instead of eating two chips, I'm just going to stop eating these chips forever because I'm 40 now. And what am I doing? This is a young man's game. Who am I trying to impress? And, and as far as impressive standards go, Richard did the one chip challenge and he lasted mighty long. And there's no way I'm going to top Chris Wong, who some of you guys in the VIP group know him. He was a stoic robot. He had slight tears coming out of his eyes, but he literally ate the chip, didn't make a face, and then turned around and started working and didn't even drink anything. This guy's a machine. Chris Wong's world, and we're all just living in it. Yeah, I'm I, like I was recording you, and there'll be some video up at at some point probably. Um, but dude, like as your friend, I'm sitting there and I'm just like, I felt so bad. Like I literally, like in all honesty seeing your reaction to the first chip there was no way i was gonna let you eat that second one like you could have pulled out that second one no way i would have fucking let you do it like it was just you had you had this like visceral pain on your face yeah and, and you are well well like my daughter was like you know if you were any bit of a man you would wait five minutes and then eat the chip and of course you know as a father you always strive to impress your children and right then I was like, I don't care. If she, I don't really care if she thinks I'm cool. I'm not doing it. It's the worst. So yeah, dude, yeah. I, again, just ooh, watching you fucking do that. I'm like, and I'm, I listen, I'm someone I don't do well with spicy foods. Um, I just was never big into them growing up. Like I'll eat some spicy stuff, but I'm an old man now. I get acid reflux. So you know, sometimes it's like, how how badly do I want those hot wings? You know, and the answer is not the, that bad. <laughs> yeah, the answer is almost always not that bad. Yeah, like it's just it's never really worth like the acid reflux. Um, I, I I will without hyperbole, with all honesty, I, I've had I've had my appendix rupture, and then I waited two weeks before I went to the hospital, and the doctor said I had gangrene and I would have died if I waited any longer. That hurt. Um, I've been beaten with pipes by two people, two grown people that hurt really bad. I've been hit by cars. Um, nothing in my life hurt as bad as that. 
<laughs> and I would say for like the like obviously those other things hurt for like a longer duration, but nothing hit the high spike of pain, even if it's for like five minutes that this chip does. So like if you guys are doing it, do it with caution. Like they they literally say if you have a heart condition or if you're pregnant, don't do it. I imagine if you were pregnant and you ate this chip, your fetus would die immediately. <laughs> uh, probably. That's my guarantee. Like, I mean, listen, I saw. F- Six grown, no, five, because Wong did. I saw five grown men, like, they were destroyed by it. Yeah. If one of them were pregnant. Oh. <sighs> if you gave this to an animal, the animal would die. It, it would just it would just start ramming its head into a tree as hard as it could Dude, until it just passed out. Like, what if you gave this to a bear? Like, think of, like, a, a, a gnarly grizzly. Like, what if you gave it this chip? Like, how I- would it react? I wonder because, I mean, because like as humans, like we could run and grab water, which is what I like. Literally, I drank like a gallon of water, which was then it made a stew in my stomach of hot peppers, and then of course, then I had to pee immediately. But um, for an animal, there's no way they can't fan their mouth. I I don't know what an animal would do. Even a bear, it it could probably stop a bear. I'm just gonna put that out there. Like, you know, you always hear about like these like torture methods that they have. Um, what what if one of them was that? What if one of them was you fucking uh, you give them the you have to you give them two of the pocky chip challenge things until they you know give you whatever information it is that you're looking for. I would give up any information <laughs> if someone made me eat a second one. Oof. I would say I would say dastardly things about me I didn't even do. You're yeah, like just tell me whatever. I found. Speaking of torture methods, random, super random. I was listening to one about like uh, old world punishments. You know, basically, you know, the, back in like the Salem witch trials or in the Middle East that they used to, you know, they would do. Yeah. I guess uh, one thing that they would do is they would buy, they would like hold you down, bind you down, and uh, where only your feet are, are out. You know, think of like, you know, when people get beheaded, how they're, you know, with their arms and their head out. Like one of those contraptions, except it's just your feet. And I think I forget. I think they would put honey on your feet, and they would have goats come and lick your feet. So one, you'd be tickled, and like obviously, you know, it's like ah, oh, the sensation, you know, you're being tickled. But the goats, once they start going, they don't stop, and that fucking rough tongue eventually starts to like peel the skin off of your feet, and it becomes like, you know, you go from like laughter to sheer like pain and it's just it's it's fucked up you know like it's just one of those things where you think about you're like how terrible like not a lot of people like to be tickled now imagine you're getting tickled and then at some point the skin starts falling off your feet yeah i mean that's like if you go to like medieval times if you have a medieval times by you they have like the torture exhibit where you see all like the fucked up things and i mean it stands the reason the human condition is horrible Especially when they're out there and they have nothing to do but stare at mud and farm all day. Of course, they're thinking of the worst ways to hurt their enemies. So it stands to reason. Well, another one, and we'll stop talking about medieval torture. Another one was during the uh, Salem witch trials. Essentially, what they would do to people was uh, like to try and get them to confess to, you know, being witches, warlocks, or being in cahoots with them, whatever the case may be is that they wouldn't necessarily stone you to death. But what they would do is like, you know, they'd be like, they would make, you know, they would put you in a hole and just keep piling rocks 
on top of you. And they wouldn't do it all at once. This way you're slowly suffocating. So over the course of like two, three days, they would keep piling rocks on top of you, on top of you. So it's, again, one of these long, drawn out, it's not a messy fucking thing. And it's just like, what? Again, I mean, listen, these people were all fucked up to begin with because we're talking about the Salem witch trials, um, which not a lot of people know. You know, by the it was it wasn't eight it wasn't until about eight years later that people back in England caught wind of what the fuck was going on in Salem, Massachusetts, because uh, they did not have email or text messages. Um, <laughs> so it took a while, but um, <laughs> I don't know how to transition from that. Uh, I, I mentioned uh, what if actually no 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 we're talking about this old timey and the uh, you know medieval times. Um, there's a little bit of a vibe from that from this week's uh, new trailer for the Eternals. Dave, did you watch this new trailer? I did. It, it's so to me, Eternals seems weird because it it almost seems like it exists out of the Marvel universe. I know they make some references, but this is kind of a different turn maybe a different concept of what we've seen normally um and i gotta say like the first trailer was a little underwhelming other than like the promise of more cosmic stuff but you know this this final trailer was kind of i liked it yeah i did not know what was going on in the first one you know admittedly it um it kind of just looked like a very nice independent film (laughs) yes but great costumes actors but um but with this one we see a little bit more of uh you know of everyone involved and stuff like that you know uh it was byron tyree hill um at the end you know he's just like uh old fucking rob stark's like oh he's like this table's probably made of vibranium huh and like goes to like smash the table and it breaks and he's just like nope ikea fall collection you know it has that fun little charm of uh, that most Marvel movies do, and I'm I'm pretty excited for it. Like I'm actually really excited for it, um, as well as excited for Shang Chi because uh, uh, a f- friend of the show, John Cena, got to see it a little bit early and uh, told me some pretty fun stuff. Um, and it's crazy; it's already in like two weeks. It'll be out um, during All Out or All Yeah All Out Week. So. Like I'm, bo- listen. I'm both looking forward to that week, but also not just because there's so much wrestling, there's so much hanging out with friends. There's something special that's going to be announced uh, pretty soon as well that will also take up some time. And so it's it's one of those like it's almost an embarrassment of riches how much there is to do, but also at the same time, I'm just one man, and like, well. You know, like you ever yeah. get that feeling where it's just like, oh no, there's all this fun stuff happening. Poor me. <laughs> it's a very uh, first world problem that we have, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I'm ready to see Shang Chi. You know, not to get off on a weird tangent, but like, um, I know that like China really invests a lot in like our American movie entertainment industry. And, like, sometimes I feel weird about, like, movies being presented as Chinese propaganda, uh, considering, you know, we're kind of opposed to each other ideologically. But um, 
I'm this movie doesn't seem like it has any of that weird rah rah stuff other than, you know, obviously it's a celebration of Kung Fu and some of their culture, but, um, no, I was really proud of, uh, the guy that's playing Shang-Chi, you know, when they had the Disney executives saying, Oh, we're going to use Shang-Chi as uh, an experiment and as a data point. And he was really offended. He's like, we are not an experiment. This is something that's important to us. And I think, I think we started seeing this sort of attitude with like John Boyega when it came to Star Wars, where someone who has maybe a lot to lose by speaking out like that um, really said, you know, fuck it. No, this is this is important. This needs to be said. And good for him. Good for him for saying that, because, you know, we saw the precedent set by Black Widow and, you know, some of the financial problems that it caused. Um yeah, don't don't use these movies as like social experiments. And then, of course, friend of the show Kevin F cleared it up and said, "No, that's not what they meant." But you know, shots fired, right? Yeah, I'm like, I did see some like pushback at first, and it was the same thing when Black Panther came out, where it's just like, "Oh, great!" Like, "Oh, this is like you know PC woke," and then the movie goes on to make a billion dollars, and then you know they put out Captain Marvel, and the same thing where they're just like, "Oh, great!" Like. Oh, women superheroes, and then it also grosses a billion dollars. And again, from everything that like I've I've heard, I've seen reviews, like everyone's just praising one how awesome the fighting style is for this. And I believe it is Jackie Chan's protege who uh, was the fight choreographer for this. Right. So clearly, you know, like that makes sense. Then that like the action would be so fucking cool because it's Jackie Chan's protege. Um, but just like, yeah, I, I, and I almost feel a little bit hypocritical at, at the same time, because again, I'm someone who I'm just like, um, no, don't make Namor, uh, Mexican or Aztec, whatever the fuck they're probably going to do. Um, like in the next black Panther, but like, no, I'm all for representation, you know, again, yes. uh, when, like, when you have these characters in, in the grand, you, you know, like there's so many, there, there's more than just white dudes in the mcu and it's cool to see when they when they start bringing them in and stuff like that you know um i'm very much yeah well and the other thing too is like you know with something like shang chi you know they started this property back when they didn't think things were so problematic and you know you've got characters like fu manchu and fing fang foom and you know all these things that like you know slept white people are like oh this this is chinese-ish right so it's really good that they're taking that and updating i mean even a character like the mandarin like when people are like how are they going to do the mandarin in in iron man 3 and you know they kind of turned it on its head a little bit um but yeah i mean it's really nice that we've we've made progress from mistakes that we did knowingly and unknowingly right like back then you know i'm sure they weren't trying to be offensive but um, no, I mean, it's really nice that now we're getting these actual cultures involved and saying, hey, maybe don't do this. You know, we're not all silk robe wearing, Fu Manchu wearing, <laughs> you know, Orientals. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, representation is right. It's And you know what? Before we get into CM Punk talk, I want to talk about representation because we were there at the Rampage tapings. And then I watched the playback. And there was one moment of representation that I saw that I wish they caught on camera. I don't know if you saw it, but um, when Kiera Hogan 
and Jade Cargill had their match, right? Mm-hmm. Jade Cargill, clearly a heel. She comes down looking like a million bucks, and there was a there was a, a little black girl in the corner, and she was so excited to see her. She stopped walking down to the ring, turned, gave this girl a hug, and kissed her on the forehead. And what I saw, like, it was an out of character moment for her. But I was looking, I was maybe like twenty feet away from this girl, and the look on the the way her eyes opened up, it was it was almost like she had a, a new dawn of realization in her brain, and. They didn't capture it on like they showed her walking towards the girl and they cut away. I don't know if it was for character purposes or what, but like representation matters. That little girl saw someone she recognized, you know what I mean, as part of her cultural experience. And when she got that special moment with Jade Cargill, heal or not, I guarantee you that that will be seared in that girl's memory for all eternity. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was really great to see a moment like that. And I was like, I audibly went, Oh, that's so awesome. I mean, dude, the only reason, the only reason I get into professional wrestling is because of representation. Cause I'm sitting there flipping the channels and then I see this Hispanic dude and boys, he just the coolest fucking guy. This is the coolest fucking dude. Um, he's super charismatic, funny. And like, taken serious and you know that's eddie guerrero it's my introduction into wrestling and prior like again i grew up during the attitude era did not give a fuck about wrestling i don't get into wrestling until 2004 and all it took was oh hey that guy kind of looks like me that guy is let's see what he's doing that guy's representative of my culture um yeah let's check him out so no i I definitely get that and you know even speaking with like you know kind of representation i I thought there was another fun instance of that this week with uh you know kind of bringing it back to marvels which also uh jade cargill we mentioned really quick jade cargill and her uh who's her manager um uh Mark mark sterling we were like jade cargill looks like fucking uh a Chris Claremont like '90s X Men uh, yes. cartoon, and uh, Mark Sterling looks like the senator who's like against mutants but has her working for him. Um, yeah, which is a funny like throwaway thing we mentioned. But no, I got a representation with um, the return of T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa into the MCU with this week's episode of What If. Like, I I fucking loved it. Again, I, I'm someone who I'm a huge. I was, I was a huge fan of Black Panther. Again, because to me, that is the closest. I don't fucking want to see uh, Miguel or what's his name, fucking uh, Louis Pena. I believe that's his fucking name, Michael Pena. I fucking that, that racist fucking uh, character he has in Ant Man. He's like, yeah, and then fucking these happen, and it's just like, no, fuck you, like. Oh, don't, yeah. don't get me started on that. So the closest to me that I see is someone that looks like me, Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther, um, and I fucking love him as Star Lord. You know, like yeah. as far as we've seen, which is weird too, because in the comics it's not Star Lord is a more serious character, but like we've seen Star Lord, you know, presented them to you as sort of this like bumbling, you know, lovable idiot, very much uh, like like you know they have Chris. Pratt playing him and it almost just felt like they took the character of Andy that he played on Andy Dwyer, yeah. Andy Dwyer on Parks and Rec and just translated that onto like the main screen um, and no you know this was like a revered Robin Hood type figure where everyone knows who you know Black Panther or who uh, Star-Lord is this man is so charming and so good with his words he convinced the 
genocidal homicidal maniac known as Thanos to just forget about it and become you know become one of the good guys and it's just like yeah of like you know it, it makes sense that this person you know again one of the qualities about being the black panther and, and sort of chadwick boseman you know the, the character of the child as a whole is like he is a good he is genuinely like a good person you know aside from being a superhero he's also like a leader a king you know the king of wakanda and um yeah man like i just i, I really love this week's episode you know it was cool to um, it was it was essentially this week was you know like a heist movie, um, like a, a, a mini heist, and I really enjoyed yeah. it. You know, Michael Rooker, someone who it seems like he's always down to you know uh, to play Yondu, um, and yeah, it's seeing that relationship between him and Yondu, it's like, boy, would I have loved to have seen you know the 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 real screen version of this because those two guys probably could have fucking stole the show, you know, like in longer than 30 minutes but like um dave i I know you didn't necessarily feel the same way i did no i i'm gonna be honest with you i'm i'm starting to think that maybe what if is not gonna be my favorite marvel thing uh because i i fell asleep one um and then when i woke up i didn't feel compelled to watch the rest of this but um i i did like uh black panther as star lord um, I didn't like that Thanos was part like a wacky part of their crew. I I don't know. To me, it took the the what if scenarios a step too far, and I was just like, ah, this is, like I thought it was a little cornball. But I did want to I did want to say something. I was talking with my brother this weekend, and this relates to Chadwick Boseman. Um, I can't. Someone was complaining about something, and I I think it may have been someone we work with. I don't even remember. But I was like, look at this guy just whining. And um, I said something like, why don't you just suffer in silence? <laughs> and my brother started laughing. And I really thought about it. And there is something to that. Like, how many times do we go on like social media and just someone's just like bitching about something inconsequential? And you're just like, all right, shut up. Like, you know what I mean? It's not really that big of a problem. And then when you think about Chadwick Bozeman, he was so good and so kind um that do you remember the movie the the five bloods on netflix yes so one of the, one of the guys that was in there said uh he's like oh yeah we're on set and we're in the jungle and I, i'm excited to see chadwick boseman and there he is he's got a masseuse on deck. He's got a whole entourage just fa- like fanning him and uh, making sure he's got juice. And uh, he's like, I was sitting there and I was thinking, man, this guy's really letting this Black Panther thing get to his head. Um, and w- he said, what I didn't realize was he had stage four cancer and he's he's hiking out there with us with like a 70 pound rucksack while he's literally wasting away and he's not complaining, but he needed these people to help him continue. And he started crying. He's like, I didn't realize this guy was working so hard. And, you know, he felt bad that he had such a bad opinion, but that was because Chadwick was suffering in silence. He wasn't saying, look at all the good stuff I'm doing while I'm sick guys. Come on, give me some credit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I think we all know someone that in our lives or maybe several people that just complain and complain and just want the spotlight put on them and really, you know, it's the ones that we appreciate most that just they take that in stride and they internalize it. 
and then you end up really appreciating someone for working hard and suffering in silence. I know this is a weird like <laughs> rabbit trail to go down, but I remember talking to my brother. I was like, "Oh, I should I should bring this up when we talk about it on the podcast." But um, suffer in silence, guys. <laughs> no, I, I get what you mean. You know, like myself and Matt Nix often do that, where you know we're just yeah. like ah, grumble, grumble, grumble about something, and then we're like, eh, actually, it's it's not it's that not bad. That. It's not that bad. Um, but yeah, no, I I agree with you though. Like, what if is it's still? Yeah, I'm still gonna. I, I'm, I'm still. Not saying, yeah, yeah, like I'm still gonna watch it. But no, I feel like first episode didn't do much for me. I loved the second one, but and I think in part part of it too is that um, there's no there's no release schedule, you know, so I I don't necessarily know what I'm getting. Right. Well, I, I'm. I, I will tell you from what I've seen from the trailers, I'm really excited about the Marvel Zombies. Uh huh. That was something I kind of half followed. Um, the the one artist that did all those fantastic covers. His name's Arthur Sidem. Um, I mean, that was back when everything was zombies. You know, right after everything was vampires. But like, just seeing the concept of Cap as a zombie, or even you know, I think they ended up. Galactus ended up being a zombie. It was just really cool. And like, that's the type of what if stuff I'm like, oh, wow. They, they really, you know, I, I said this last episode went too far. This one goes really far, but I think in a, in a nicer way. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's some of the fun of it. Like, we don't know what we're getting, but it's also some of the frustration. No, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Again, I'll I'll keep watching. I mean, you know, WandaVision yeah. wasn't my favorite, but I kept watching. And right. yeah, you know, um I'm still gonna give them a chance. De- definitely. Still will give them a chance. Um let you let let's uh let's let's go ahead and um get into get- uh um into that this punk talk because man, like so first off, I want to say you know, like clearly, some people are going to be like, "Dave was on here, and Berto was on here." And listen, it's like we said: even if we know something, even if one of us is designing a T-shirt, yeah, we, I can't. Say we can't say anything. Yeah, you know, and I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I told the story last week. I might have. I don't know. I'll tell it this week, um, because I've been telling it everywhere. Juan, Juan, Mark, and I went to Chick Fil A, or no, there's like some food trucks. So we're walking back from lunch. Mark goes to Seven Eleven, so Juan and I were walking down. We're walking to the shop, and we see CM Punk drive by on his bike, you know, and and he waves. He's like, "Hey, what's up?" And we're like, "Oh, hey, what's up?" And you know, he's he goes his way, we go our way. And all I could think was, what if in those eight seconds that he took his eyes off the road, a yeah. car fucking rams right into him? Doesn't have to kill him. But injures him, maims him. Yeah. And then I'm responsible for ruining Dynamite, for Rampage. You know? Yep. Thankfully, that's not what happened. But, you know, CM Punk, like, he's someone what who, if? yeah, what if? That's my least favorite yeah. episode of What If? But, like, no, so this is with CM Punk, you know, he's someone. <sighs> I I don't I don't know if I could if I would necessarily say he's a friend. He and I are very friendly. You know, we speak right. whenever he comes to the shop. 
I've gotten the chance to, you know, sit down with the guy, talk to him and just get to know him. You know, it's, it's definitely like people say, don't meet your heroes, like meet them because yeah. they might wind up being cool as fuck in this very instance. You know, to me, again, I mentioned Eddie Guerrero will get me into wrestling. Uh, you know, he passes away and I, and I just sort of become a lapsed fan. And then, you know, the one thing that brings me back in is CM Punk. And I also, again, I am. I love Chicago. I know some people think it's silly to love, you know, oh, I, I love my city or I love where I'm from because it's just geologically or, you know, geographically where you are. You have no, I mean, sure, you can, you know, I, I want to uproot and move to Colorado or fucking Sydney, Australia or where, wherever the fucking case may be, you know, um, it's just whatever, whatever, whatever the fucking case may be, you know. But to me, it's like I love Chicago. I often said I've I've been to other places. I love those places. To me, I would never want to live anywhere but Chicago and and city proper because I've lived in the burbs and you know it's just to me it's just something about like this is where I grew up. This is what I love. And to me, there's something about someone who loves like people that love Chicago. You know, like musicians, athletes, just anyone that you know represents chicago like you, you know we know a joe fresh goods who some people might know him some people might not you know he's this like i wouldn't necessarily say social media influencer you know he he designs shoes and 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 clothing and things like that and this guy the one thing he loves the most is chicago and like chicago proper you know he will go and you know like he takes care of his own and I've always felt that way about CM Punk. You know, CM Punk is someone who, again, loves Chicago. The dude lives here in, like, the middle of the city. And, again, for years at these conventions, people would often say, like, hey, are you coming back to wrestling? Are you going to come back? When are you going to come back? Yo, we miss you. We miss you. And so many times this guy would say, like, I don't know, maybe. But, like, if I say if I say no, then you're going to call me a liar if I do. And if I say yes, then you're going to get upset when it's not on your time. Right. And I always kind of just, I felt for the guy, you know, it's, it's very much damned if I do, damned if I don't, because, um, you know, it's just, it, it, it's just one of those things again, damn if you do, damn if you don't. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, like he, him finally coming back. And then again, you know, through, through one way or another, you know, the internet finds out that he is, he is coming back that his return is imminent. And it's very much one of those things where I'm just like, I'll see it when I believe it. And then I am very much, I have very many tangible reasons to be inclined that he is a hundred percent coming back. He will be right. there. And I'm still just like, I don't know at the show. I, there are again, many tangible reasons to I know he is coming out, but it's still one of those things where it's like, until I physically see it with my own two eyes, then I'll right. be able to like, like, you know, breathe that sigh of relief. And for me, it was fucking awesome. You know, like I, I wasn't crying again. I mean, like I knew it was going to happen. And again, I was just like, I was happy for him, you know, like again, seeing the emotion in his face. Like I've often said this, this is someone who who's been doing this since he was like 13 you watch that cm punk documentary that the wwe did on him and it's like there's no fucking way this guy hates wrestling there, there's just right. no, there's no way you know he's broken up with wrestling right now and 
you know, eventually he'll get back with wrestling, but it'll be on his, you know, on his own terms. And yeah, like seeing him there, the reaction, I've not felt that loud of a reaction for anyone since he won the WWE title in, uh, you know, here in the city. Like, again, it was yeah. one of those things where it just, it was, it was just fucking awesome. Like, I, I was so happy for the guy. And like seeing everyone just everyone banded together like you know i could t- you could tell the guy was nervous and rightfully so because you know maybe maybe he and again this is me speaking for him like i got to imagine there's that feeling of like well maybe it's all in my head and maybe they don't want to see me you know like uh, how how was the experience for you because again like for me, I'm I, I have the fucking guy's logo tattooed on me. Like clearly, right. I'm a big fucking fan. But you, you know, you're a little closer, you know, to this in that you designed his T-shirt. Yeah. So I gotta say, um, everything you said was spot on, especially about Chicago. Um, <clears throat> the only the only other place I think that can rival that sort of attachment is like New York city. Obviously New York and Chicago are kind of like city rivals, but when it comes to like New York, there's always this generic New Yorkness, you know, that that they, they wear as a costume almost. And I think when it comes to Chicago, like, you know, say what you will about the Cubs, but like there's people that have been diehard Cubs their entire life. You know, like my, my wife's, dad for one just watched the cubs fail and fail and you know the you had the level lovable losers but they were chicago and damn it we're going to support them and he got to finally see them win the world series and like rarely do you see eruptions like that happen right or the bulls in their heyday with the two three peats or the the blackhawks with the you know it's just the city loves their sports heroes and there's just something really dyed in the wool about Chicago sports fans. And I'll say that about like CM Punk. Like, I can't imagine any other wrestler more tied to their city than CM Punk. I mean, I guess you could say the Brooklyn Brawler, but that's a joke, right? Yeah. But like, but like CM Punk is Chicago. Everything about him, he would incorporate the stars, you know. Uh, you know, a lot of people think the Chicago flag is a CM Punk flag because of that, because he's so closely tied to it. Um, and for me personally, I'm really closely tied to him. So and I think I, meant, I mentioned it on the podcast before. Um, I'd started doing freelance stuff for Pro Wrestling Tees. And, um, you know, this is kind of when it started picking up some steam. We started getting some names, but it wasn't Pro Wrestling Tees as we know now. And... Um, Ryan messaged me. He said, Hey, keep this on the down low. But, you know, Punk had left WWE. No one knows what's going on. He does the interview with Colt. And then Ryan's like, Punk is doing a store for Pro Wrestling Tees. Keep it quiet. Like, he he put a lot of trust in me because I wasn't an actual, like, salaried employee. And he said, will you, will you do some designs? I have some notes from him. And then we did the first CM Punk line. And you know, we were much smaller back then and, you know, history repeats itself. But like at that time it crashed the server. We had one server and they had to get back to it on a Monday. We'll, we'll figure it out over the weekend and we'll get it back up. And so that was really, I'll, I'll forever be indebted to CM Punk because that was really what got Ryan to say, Hey, work full time for me. And so, um, you know, (laughs) 
I'm it's you know I'm kind of bookended here. So like now then I start pro wrestling tees. You know, AEW takes off. New Japan's doing all the Bullet Club stuff, and you know, we see the the epic journey of where wrestling is going away from the machine that is the WWE, the same machine that ground all the love of wrestling out of a lifelong wrestling person like CM Punk, right? Mm-hmm. And we've heard all the stories about all this shit that they did to him. You know, like sending him his termination papers on the day of his wedding like all this and then all the veiled shots they took at him you know with, with his ufc run some not even and, thinly veiled yeah just outright saying and then and here's the thing whatever your opinion is of the guy and there's a lot of people that have opinions of of people of his you know his class you know and their size um and then of course you have roman Reigns saying cm punk doesn't move the needle and just the amount of disrespect this guy got, especially for how like he overcomed almost every hurdle that someone could get in WWE and got over. And he said it on Rampage. I've heard you for seven years chant my name. And it happens. It happened regularly. People just chanting CM Punk, and even not not even in just Chicago. So when Ryan says. um, Literally only like four people knew including me and Ryan. <laughs> and he's like, keep it, keep it on the hush, but I need you to de- design something for CM Punk. I was like, holy shit. And then of course, loose links, loose lips, sink ships, more people had to be in the know and someone was leaking something. It wasn't me guys, because <laughs> everyone was coming to me. Hey, do you know anything about the CM Punk thing? And I had to just kayfabe it and say, no, nah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe whatever. Um, but just the anticipation, and I kind of knew, and if you guys don't know by now, it shattered the sales record. Like, <laughs> the the house is on fire. We're trying to put fires out, trying to get you guys these shirts. But, like, there, knowing... There, there are no more ringer tees left in North America. We, we exhausted the, the North American supply of ringer tees. So much so that, we like, <laughs> this thing's printing money right now. You know, I'm not trying to slap myself on the back, but like we had to shut the pro- shut the product down and just do it on white, just so people could have the design. And it's not just it's not the design guys. It's CM Punk clearly, but like just knowing that, and I had a feeling it would break the record. And then, um, we're getting all these little hints leading up, and I know you were getting it. A lot of people were getting. Hey, well, what, what what's going on with CM Punk? And we just had to say. I don't know. We know as much as you do. And then when we get to the arena, you know, they say the rock is the most electrifying man in in all of entertainment. There was electricity crackling in that air. And then they did, you know, they did dark and everyone's just like, okay, let's get through dark. Come on, let's get to rampage. And then they play the bulls entrance theme serious by Alan Parsons project. And then they had a countdown and you could just feel like, the entire crowd energizing. And as soon as they played that, the roof exploded. And just being a very small, small, tiny part of that process, um, not just me, but like all of us at Pro Wrestling Tees, you know what I mean? Like, one, that CM Punk would entrust us with his brand image, you know, after after having the love of wrestling pulverized out of him by WWE, let's be frank. Um, 
and we're just all sitting there for the journey. We're, we're proud. We're seeing our guy come down. And then it, it was the most magical thing. And then, of course, lines started forming. Like, if you guys were at the United Center, you know what I'm talking about. We were walking. There was a line around the entire building of people trying to get shirts, selling for $300 on eBay right now. Which, also, we, before, you, before you say anything, I, I, I have to throw it out there right now. No, Dave and I cannot get you shirts. No, Dave yeah. and I cannot Don't get ask. you back prints that say I was there on there. Don't ask. We can't do it. Yeah. Just don't ask. I've literally a hundred times. <laughs> yes. Don't ask us. Yeah. Don't fucking. I'm sorry. We can't. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, but go on. And if we could, we couldn't do it for a hundred people. So. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not you, happening. Yeah. You do it. You know, give a mouse a cookie. Then that mouse wants you to fucking print. I was there on the back of his CM Punk shirt. And. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, we were there, um, and anyone that's seen CM Punk knows he, he exudes an image of a grumpy guy, right? That's kind of his thing. Mm-hmm. But to, to see him on that ramp as the entire crowd is chanting CM Punk and the tears in his eyes, he jumps into the crowd, he's hugging people. Um, you could tell he was overcome. And yeah, no matter how big you are, if you leave for seven years, even if you're hearing your name chanted, there's got to be a little doubt. I mean, even AJ Styles, when he debuted at the Rumble, he was like, I didn't know if anyone would know who I was. AJ Styles, right? So when he comes out, of course, he does the promo. And, you know, he's got his sweatshirt on and he says, it's hot in here. Let me tell you a story, but let me take my sweatshirt off. And he shows the shirt and everyone freaks out it was a very proud moment for me but even more than that he said something very poignant and uh he said to any of you guys that were upset for the seven years you know that i made a personal decision i understand it but only if you understand this uh i couldn't get better spiritually physically emotionally mentally by staying in the place that made me sick in the first place and not only was that poignant for him talking about WWE clearly, but that's poignant for anyone in any situation, right? Like you could talk about relationships, friendships, uh, work relationships, anywhere that's making you feel sick and on any of those levels, you're not going to get better staying there. And like, good for him. It takes someone like him to be able to say, fuck you <laughs> to the WWE and you really got the sense this guy's never returning, right? How many times has like Hulk Hogan left, talked shit about WWE, tried to take him down, and then came back and said, "Hey guys, I'm home." Well, like, and that's why stuff like that doesn't ring true. But it rang true when CM Punk said it. Well, like, why would you? You know, like that's the thing. Right. Like, sure, selfishly, we all want to see our favorite characters come back on our favorite TV show, but it's like this is a human being. Like this is yeah. like this is someone who has gone on record multiple times and talked about how miserable he was. Uh, to, yeah. to, he talked about it in depth to the point where they fucking sued him because yeah. he talked too much, you know? And it's one of those things where it's like, listen, everyone has a price, but like clearly this is someone who wasn't going to sell out because right. you know, of the amount of zeros on his check. Like you don't like, and also they don't want him. Like he talked all this shit about triple H, triple H, what you you think he's like? Oh yeah, let me get him back. Like it's just it's yeah. it's one of those things where they didn't want him and he didn't want to be there. So it's like fucking let it go, you know? Like just 
just yeah. let, let it go. Like this guy, like this guy almost died. You know, yeah. like he talked about it in depth. And even then there's like this weird sense of entitlement from wrestling fans. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm fucking, I'm sitting down on the stage cross-legged right now because like, <laughs> you know, listen, if you enjoy WWE by all means, but like, I'm just so sick and tired of WWE and their fans, like this weird cult that are just like brainwashed into like, no, you should like wrestling shouldn't be enjoyable. Like, like Tony Khan's not booking right because he's giving you exactly what you want. Like, yeah, that's what it should be. Like these people have been, these people have been so conditioned by W. If this was WWE, it would not have happened. You know, like look at yesterday. Yesterday was SummerSlam fucking, you know, uh, Sasha Banks can't wrestle or or whatever. She's not medically cured. So, uh, who comes out? just fucking save the day and get the massive pop against Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch and squashes her in like 10 seconds or something like that. It's like AEW would never do that. They just would not do that because they respect their fans. They don't treat you like a dummy. Like what is this person? What is this person done? To- not, not even just the fans, the performers, they, they leverage so much about, uh, Bianca winning and got so much goodwill from that. And then they were like, oh, oh, let's shock them. And and they did the same thing to Kofi Kingston. I don't know what their deal is with taking their black champions and squashing them for, for returning white right people. It's, but like it's almost as if there's, you know, it's almost as if there's something about these black people that someone yeah. in charge, you know, just doesn't like. Yeah. And, you know, that's a loaded accusation, clearly. But like, the you know, it, it bears out in what we're seeing. And yeah, like. Why, why can't you have Becky Lynch come out? Sure, that's great, right? Everyone loves her, but like, now you're gonna make Bianca Belair look like a like a bitch. Exactly. Just, and, I, they would have loved to have a, a 15 minute match. The the crowd would have ate it up. And then even if you have her lose, you give her a chance to come back and and not have lost all that progress. And and that's the thing. To like to me, and I'm sorry I cut you off, but like. You, you take someone like CM Punk who plants that seed of I they need us. They we don't need them. Right? We're independent contractors, then let's be independent contractors, right? And then now you're seeing people that who stayed around and may may have hung around at, at catering and may have been a little quietly resentful. They've left and then like how many times have we seen even this week, you have like Christian winning the world championship uh for TNA impact um, or, you know, we'll, we'll go back a little further. Who would have thought that uh, Matt Cardona would have been the GCW champion beating Nick Gage in a hardcore match? Like these are things that would have never happened. AEW would have never happened had they not treated all these people like shit. And then they said, all right, we're going to go apply our trade and do it better. And so that starts when someone like CM Punk digs his heels and says, I don't need yeah, you're paying me a lot of money. That's great. I don't need it because you're not paying me the respect I deserve. I mean, dude, literally right now as we're recording, uh, takeover, whatever just ended, and Adam Cole lost, and he's seemingly on his way out. I would not be shocked to see him show up on Dynamite, to see him show oh. up on on fucking Rampage. Maybe they hold yeah. off or something. But like hypothetically, this guy can show up and like. I would be pretty fucking bummed out, like if he showed up on Raw or SmackDown. I'm not gonna lie, and like, and I mean, guess I mean, what? Listen, one. If, if he shows up on Dynamite, 
we're gonna we're gonna get the meme. Oh, oh another WWE guy. Guess what? They wouldn't have been on NXT if they weren't scared of AEW because they just cast a wide net and said anyone that would possibly resemble anyone that would be on AEW, we'll we'll tie them up. We'll tie them up. We'll tie them up in their contracts. We'll give them sweet deals. And now these people are starting to figure out. I don't need that. There's another avenue. Exactly. And like, and listen. I mean, apparently all his all his merchandise is marked down drastically on WWE Shop. So take that as you will. And Britt Baker is liking some interesting tweets. That's all I'm going to say. So hopefully, you know, we 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 get to see you know him show up sooner rather than later. But like. You know, kind of like in bringing it back to Punk, like what would you have gained out of Punk coming out, you know, giving Darby Allen the GTS, and then that's it? Yeah. You know, like I hate, I fucking hate, there's nothing more than I hate when people are like, just let it play out. No, guess what? I've been watching WWE for, yeah, sorry, uh, for so many years. It, yeah. It never does. Never. It, it is yeah. never, that has never once been the instance. Daniel yeah. Bryan? No. It ha- the only reason Daniel Bryan, it, you know, oh, let it work out was because Punk left. Like, there's so many instances where, like, that's just not the way it works. And like, don't fucking try and convince me otherwise. But uh, listen, on, on the bright side, one of the things that Punk said was, like, that, that really stuck out to me um, was there's so many, like, you know, all I could think of was, like, oh, there's all these young talents that I would have loved to have worked with 10 years ago, and they're here now, so, like, I might as well go work with them. And that was just yeah. one of the things that I, you and I kept talking about the whole night was, like, how refreshing is it to just see, like, young wrestlers? Daniel Garcia, I don't even know. I think the guy's 21, maybe 22. He's, like, main yeah. eventing an AEW show with John Moxie, and, like, he's fucking bringing it to him. They're going toe-to-toe, like, you know. Well, and I'll tell you, too. I'll be the first to admit about myself. I, I was like, who? Who's fighting John Moxley? And I cannot tell you how many times <laughs> AEW's proved me wrong. And maybe it's because I'm conditioned to, you know, I watch mostly WWE stuff, but like Darby Allen, I was like, this guy's stupid. And then I saw him do a coffin drop through a cracker barrel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like this Daniel Garcia, I was like, who is this nobody? And he put on a clinic. And it's just, and like, I didn't, I didn't know much about top flight and you're like, oh yeah, this dude's not even like 21 yet. He's And then I was like, oh wow, he is pretty good. I can't tell you how refreshing it is to be proven wrong. You know, especially when I'm just like a dismissive ass. (laughs) I'm just like, I don't know who this dummy is. And then I'm like, oh, okay, he's pretty good. I guess eggs on my face. And, but it's because of that, you know, I'm so used to seeing like someone like Goldberg come in and squash someone that's been working hard for 12 months only for him to get a push. And, you know, it's, it's oddly refreshing to see that proven wrong in my brain. You know what I mean? I mean, there's no reason, there is absolutely no reason why Goldberg can't, can't be used the way Sting is. Sure. Find, find a, find a young guy that you want to push and have Goldberg be his manager. Or have him, you know, be his like mentor sort of, and you know, you have them wrestle, and the younger guy protects the older guy, and you let the older guy come in, you know, hit his stick, and you know, that's it. Maybe he gets the pin. Like, no, that that's not the case. And again, to me, it's just like it, it's so cool to you know to see younger people because 
clearly that's the thing there's a perfect balance and this an aw isn't perfect you know like clearly they could work a little bit on more you know including more uh you know people of color uh, the, the women's division clearly it's, it still needs a little bit of a kickstart but it's one of these things is like they're aware of and you know they're 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 working on that and yeah. i don't know in all honesty i would much rather that other than well sorry this is a status quo and that's just the way it is because um you know we're we're not playing we're we're not playing with our toys or playing with someone else's toys and he only likes well, these very specific toys well let's be honest too i mean let, let's take a look i mean, we mentioned goldberg and we mentioned sting when you look at the way some of those wrestlers look at sting in AEW all of them want to work with him all of them want to honor the legend and you, you know what i mean how many people have said i got to wrestle sting in what a time to be alive right now, imagine anyone in the roster on WWE saying, oh, Goldberg's back. I can't wait to work with that guy. Nobody. <laughs> I guarantee you, not one single person is like, great, I get to work a program with Goldberg. Look look at how hot The Fiend was, and then fucking Goldberg comes in, and look look at how hot Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, you know, their program was, and then Kevin Owens, or then Jer- Goldberg comes in, and like, it's and, just... And, and here's the thing. I'm... I was a giant Goldberg fan during the Monday Night Wars. I was like, wow, Goldberg, this is like the coolest thing ever. And I felt his first run in the WWE, he didn't get a fair shake because he was Goldberg, because he was WCW's you know monster. And even I, who loved him, and at one point I was like, man, I, how cool would it be to have a Goldberg tattoo? I'm sick of this guy. Like, I get it. You want to show your kids. How about you buy some DVDs and show your kids? You don't have to do it live. Listen, I, I'm not, I'm some, I just don't give a fuck. Like, and that's the same way with any, anyone prior to 2004. I just don't care. Right. You know, because essentially, and I know I get it. Oh, like I get how good the rock and all these people, I get it. I understand, but I just don't give a fuck because, yeah. you know, uh, t- to me, I don't start this show until, you know, this season of the show starts and all the characters from this season and up, those are my favorite characters. And Oh wait, no, no, no. This was my favorite. This is my favorite main character. Now he's getting pushed aside for someone who I've never seen. I, I just, I don't care to see if I did, I'd clearly go back. Like he's a character and he just kills everyone. Like, yeah. Like, listen, I, you know, I wasn't around to see Bret Hart wrestle in his prime, but I've gone back plenty and seen plenty of Bret Hart that I fucking love. And yeah. it's just it's if I cherish him from that from when from whence he came, he doesn't need to be here now. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, it's just I'm just I'm happy. I'm happy that he's back. You know, and there's there's so many like it's great. Like I, I was having this conversation with the rest. I was like uh, with Brody King. I don't fucking say it, with Brody King. You know, where I was like, dude, I was like, I want to see you versus fucking like you versus Punk, and. You know, there's been all this forbidden door, the forbidden door talk, and really, realistically, the one forbidden door is pretty much Ring of Honor. That you know they've essentially been working with everyone, and except for Ring of Honor and WWE, obviously. But like with the Ring of Honor, and I'm like, how cool would it be to see Punk, this Ring of Honor legend, like be the one to kind of bridge that gap together? You know, like that would be fucking cool. I mean. For those of, for those of you that are unlearned and unwashed swine that don't know who Brody King is, imagine if CM Punk was hit with gamma rays <laughs> and he just grew into a monster. Then you would have Brody King. Like, how cool would it be? One, 
to wrestle against each other, but also to maybe form an alliance. I mean, that would be so dope. So dope. And yeah, it's just like the, the pot, you know, the possibilities are endless. Um, as far as the, like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm excited. You know, seeing Punk being back in wrestling, yeah. it's made me, it's made me excited for wrestling again. Like that was one of those things, again, being in that arena, like he comes out, cuts that promo. I almost wish, I almost fucking wish it would have just been the whole hour of him talking. Yeah, it could have been, and no one would have complained no, one bit. Not one. I mean, I'm sure some people would have been like, "Oh, I really wanted to see, you know, like these other matches." But it's like they could well, always, they could always admit it later. Time. Well, and and here's the real measure too. <laughs> Jim Cornette loved it, and he hates everything. <laughs> he said, "They, I thought of ways to bring him back, and they did it better than I could have ever imagined. It was perfect." Like. That guy hates everything. He hates everything about stuff that like CM Punk represents. He hates everything about AEW. And even he was like, I couldn't I couldn't think of a better way. You know, whether whether his way would have been better or not, like just the fact that he would admit like that was pretty pretty solid. Like yeah, like I can't imagine any return as big as that. I mean, maybe Hulk Hogan returning to WWE, maybe. Um, but like, for instance, the, the big surprise for SummerSlam was Becky Lynch and then Brock Lesnar, ponytail Brock Lesnar, which, you know, whatever. If you like Brock Lesnar, that's cool. There was rumors he was going to go to WWE. I guarantee you, Punk shows up at Rampage and they're like, get Lesnar now. Throw Back up the money truck. <laughs> and no one was happier for CM Punk to show up than Brock Lesnar. I guarantee you. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I, I think the last time, the last time I can remember was when like Edge came out of retirement, you know, or yeah. or when Brian came out of retirement. But like, no, I mean, this is different, and I, I definitely do feel this one's different because those two guys were medically forced, right, to, to stop doing what they wanted, and this guy just fell out of love with wrestling. And yeah, you know, I'm I'm really happy to see you know that he's he's fallen back in love with it and yeah. again, his own words not mine um but like and and just again we're we're slobbing his knob really bad because we, we love cm punk but like when he said i left wrestling in august of I, I, 2005 or something august 13th oh yeah and then he was like that's when i left professional wrestling pretty much discounting everything he's done in wwe was like the biggest like he, he said i had tears in my eye when i left ring of honor and this moment helped me realize why and it was he knew he was going to a place that would not love him the way the real wrestling world loved him and yeah it, it's one of those cases where a lot of people have a lot of opinions about cm punk but like to see someone who loved wrestling so much and they took it from him. Let's be honest. They, they snatched it from him. They didn't, they didn't like him from the very beginning. They got him cause he was an indie darling. And then like, there's this famous thing where they were, they were trash talking him in this writer's room and they're all just like, yeah, let's, let's cut him. And Shawn Michaels of all people was like, well, why don't you just tell him what your problem is with him and let him figure it out? Like these guys had such a hard on for ruining this guy's life from day one. And I don't know what it is. I, maybe maybe he just rubs people the wrong way. But if you if you didn't see CM Punk in his in his prime 
WWE times and you didn't think this guy was printing money and you didn't you don't think he deserved a W a WrestleMania main event spot and you don't think he was right about all the shit that he said about them you're blind and and you're some kind of robot that only loves one weird company um but again you know, enough of bashing WWE just seeing how much the crowd and other people are saying oh we'll, we'll see how it is when he's not in Chicago i guarantee you he's going to get the same reaction yeah, and to, oh, and like kind of you. I want to get back to uh, really quick to something you mentioned with WWE. Like v- Vince McMahon forever has been saying, you know, th- we're not a wrestling company. Like you know, we're a sports entertainment company. Yeah. So you know, he's not wrong. Like people want to make it a fucking thing, but like, I mean, I gotta say, not a lot of people are getting entertained by that sports company though. <laughs> Nah, man, like, it's just fucking, I mean, listen, whatever, like what you like, but, like, oh, man, get that bullshit out of here. Like, it was one of those things where people were, like, so many people were just fucking livid and upset with, uh, um, what do you call it, uh, with SummerSlam, and it was just, like, you know, man, a lot, of, it's, like, a lot of people are upset, but, you know, can't be mean, because I don't fucking watch that shit, so, you know, you guys be easy, um, but oh man, like I was just so happy, so happy to see you know like what's to come. Yeah, I mean, again, I I, I don't want to just bash WWE, but there's a point where you watch their big four pay per views, and we'll say like SummerSlam and uh, WrestleMania specifically, because Royal Rumble normally is pretty good. Mm-hmm. But like, you'll be at WrestleMania, and then you're just constantly wondering how are they going to fuck this up how are they going to take how are they going to take a a spirited match between two people and do a fucking shit ass dq finish or someone's going to cash in and negate the hard fought you know money in the bank that's they lean on that so hard now and and then you wonder like oh what what programs are going to get dropped who's going to get lost in the shuffle who is on the wrestlemania card now that won't be on there next year because they've been fired or released or they just ran out of stuff to write for them you know what i mean every time i was watching some of those big shows and i realized i was thinking that every time i was watching them i was like either it's a shit finish happening right before my eyes or they're bringing back some old wrinkly racist to host the show and you're just like why i i came to a point where i was like why am i watching this and i just stopped i canceled my wwe subscription i i think it was after a brock lesnar match actually uh i think it was brock lesnar versus finn balor and then they had him i was like i can't i can't do this anymore i don't want to watch this shit anymore um and I'll be honest, I've for, like for a long time I fell out of love with wrestling because of that stuff, and that's why that's why when I'm like who Daniel Garcia, I was like who the fuck is that? Like I didn't even think to like look the guy up, and then I see it before my very eyes, and I'm like, this is the good stuff, and I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that all all the Infinity Gems are starting to line up in the gauntlet to take on the universe. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's it's poetic and it's great, and it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. And you know, holy shit, CM Punk is back! 
what a great time. What a horrible time for us at Pro Wrestling Tees because we're just buried in ringers now. <laughs> but we'll make it through, guys. Yeah, no, definitely, like, you know, you mentioned it's – I was also out of love with wrestling for, you know, for for a while, too. Like, I just – I felt so jaded. Like, I, I would I would still keep up with AEW – NXT for a bit, but then it was just like, uh. oh, you specifically, you loved NXT, dude. I loved it even probably more than AW at the beginning, and then to see what they've done to it. I've literally, I've got like seven, seven posters from seven different takeovers all around the country that like I went to. I, there's eight. There's like eight or nine, but I wasn't able to get posters for two of them. I used to go right. on like road trips to watch NXT, and that because it was yeah. that because it's like it was the wrestling alternative. But that's the thing, like Vince McMahon never wanted NXT, never wanted it. It was kind of just Paul's pro, pa, and, pa, passion passion project, and you know once they lost to AEW, now it's just going in the shitter. Like tonight was takeover, and I could not give a fuck. Like. Yeah, you know, again, the only thing I cared about was like, is is Cole leaving or or what? Because I I just I can't right. I, I I can't watch any more WWE. Like it's and it's a bummer. They they you know, but I'm happy that there's so many other wrestling alternatives and now specifically AEW. You know, um, kind of one of the things um that uh you know, like I I I told the story before. You know, it's like. Last time I was at the United Center, I get my heart broken, and then I'm like, "Well, at least I still have wrestling." And then literally the very next day, um, yeah, fucking what do you call it? Uh, CM Punk leaves WWE, and so it was a little poetic for me for like you know things to come full circle, and you know he comes back to wrestling, and it's in that very same building where my heart got broken. Um, but like an- another thing too that I wanted to talk about, and yeah, I know there's a lot of dick sucking going on here, and you know, sorry, I'm about to fucking you know do a little bit more. Is like, as your friend, dude, I'm so fucking proud that like your hard work gets fucking displayed on the United Center's like, you know, uh, on their thing. Like you are someone who you love basketball, you love Jordan, you love that whole era. So clearly, the United Center is a venue yeah. that like is near and dear to your heart as cool as i'm sure as cool as it fucking is to see your artwork being displayed uh or soon to be displayed on you know thousands of people's shirts it's fucking even cooler to see your artwork all over that arena them displaying it like it's just that to me is like one of those things where like through cm punk we get to fucking do these cool like things like that cool things that like we never thought possible again like i never thought in a million years that i would be again i don't want to necessarily friends but like friends with cm punk that he would know me know who i am that we can sit there and have like real conversations you know i never in a million years would think that i would be getting paid to sit there for hours on end and just converse with the guy and like you know, I'm sure that never in a million years did you think, oh, my artwork will be displayed proudly in the United Center, blasted all over the place, you know? But, like, again, because this little boy from Blackboard decided he wanted to be a wrestler, like, you know, everyone's eating. Like, everyone's fucking, you know, yeah. fucking doing good. Well, one, I, I appreciate that. And, like, I, I have been getting a lot of love from people, uh, you know, on Facebook and, like, Instagram. And I did a little humble bragging, obviously, but like, I normally, uh, I'm the type of person that doesn't like 
lead forward with it. Like, Hey, I designed the AW logo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and I'll say this is a point of irritation. We've got some people at work that are really showing their ass when it comes to some of the perks at work. And he's like, all right, guys, settle down. But just there, there's a, there's a few notable proud moments for me at this company. One was like really like the initial CM Punk thing Two, getting to work with like Steve Austin, uh, all the involvement with all the bullet club stuff I was able to do because like for like a long time, new Japan was very resistant in having outsiders do their work, especially bullet club stuff. So like to be able to do all the stuff for all the elite guys, which ended up leading to AEW, another big milestone. Um, and like p- people knew that I was doing stuff and, you know, they were proud f- for me and vicariously through me. And then, like, one of the coolest things was we went to Double or Nothing in Vegas, and to see, you know, to see the Double or Nothing graphic I did on the side of the MGM Grand Arena. You know, this is the same arena where Mike Tyson bit Holyfield's ear off. And we're in there, and the stuff I've done on my computer at home is now proudly displayed everywhere. It was the biggest trip, and, like, that was really what a lot of people are like, oh, you had like a 100 foot graphic on the MGM Grand Garden Arena. I'm like, yeah. And then <laughs> I didn't even know they did the graphics on the United Center building. I didn't even know they could do that. And then at least 25 people sending me pictures that they took. They said, dude, your graphics are on the. And, and then, you know, Ryan, who's a very stoic fellow himself, uh, shouted me out in the VIP group and showed me like the United Center. Uh, monument sign with the graphics and it just blew my mind and yeah all i kept thinking was this is this is where jordan gave us three of our six championships this is like this is a building when i was young when i was like in my mid to late teens i kept thinking oh what if i got a job as an usher at the united center just to watch a bulls game and then i'll quit you know like so i get like a free ticket like the united center is so iconic for chicago sports and like the oh yeah, I don't want to toot my own horn because I don't want to get a big head about it. But like, just seeing that was like one of the one of the coolest things. And I I only got that because I'm part of the Pro Wrestling Tees family. And so, yeah, we were, while while we're doing some ball washing, thank you, Ryan, man, thank you for thank you for having the vision to do something like this and the boldness to go and make it happen. Because like like we've said several times on our show, there's so many people that come up with ideas and they're too scared to do it. Ryan's not one of those people. Like <laughs> if he gets an inkling that it'll, it'll be successful and he could do it, he'll just do it. And like it, it bears out not just, not just like businesses, but like, he's like, Oh, let's make stickers. I'll buy a gigantic sticker machine or let's uh, make flags. I'll buy a sublimation. Machine. Like these are not small investments, but he does it. And he has faith in us as his coworkers and, or as his employees. And, you know, it leads to big moments like this for, for all of us. And I couldn't be more proud and I couldn't be, I couldn't feel more fulfillment and love in my job than something like that on the United center. It was surreal. And I very much, you know, same, the same sentiments that I, I have towards this job. It's like constantly, you know, like there's so many, so, there's so many like laps fans that I love yeah. that are coming back. So many people who are just like, oh, hey, cool, you were there. Like, you know, and it's funny. Uh, the one thing I love about wrestling is how it makes strangers friends. 
you know, take take yes. for instance, there's plenty of people we saw there. Uh, you know, shout out fucking you know um, Ryan Mears saw them. You know, gave the guy a giant hug the fucking minute I saw him. We got to chat for a bit, but like, there's so many people. Um, you know, like w- one of my friends. You know, I-, I met her just through the internet. Just you know, we both had mutual friends, and you know, we we're both like, oh fuck yeah, CM Punk, and just talking wrestling, and just you know, like. Again, one of those things where you know show's about to start, and I'm like, "Get to your seat now, now." You know, she's like, "Oh, yeah, I'm getting food." I'm like, "Forget about it." Yeah, food. <laughs> Run to your seat right now. But like, at, you know, like we'd never met in person, and she was like, "Yeah, like if you somehow manage to see me, you know, like uh, stop by and, and and say hi." And literally, you know, Mark and I are walking to the car, and I see her, and you know, we sit there, we talk, we take a photo. Which also, inst- I've this, I've been like Instagram famous the last three days for some reason. I've gotten like hundreds, like almost two hundred likes on like photos I've been posting last three, and I'm just like, great guess like now i'm like i'm the kim kardashian of pro wrestling tees essentially yep. now is, is is what i'm saying but you know like it's one of those things and like cool like i have like a new friend slash like wrestling friend just based on hey we both really like this dude from chicago you know yeah. like it's just and that's how wrestling works like there was a, a building full of what fifteen thousand, if not like more fucking people yeah. there all because we all like we were nobody was told I mean, some of us were, but nobody was told like CM Punk will be there. They were just like, "Hey, uh, the best in the world yeah. will be there." Like they have such a goodwill with their fans that they were just like, "Yeah, you know, you know what's going on. You know what's going on, and if you don't, you know, well then that's on you, buddy." And but, but like how we, right? What's up? Like how refreshing? Exactly. How how refreshing? Get something yeah you're gonna get that we'll give it to you and again not to cut you off but like tony khan came out before the show i know some people posted videos of it and some people posted a transcript this guy came out and bled his heart in front of us he said i love you chicago you're a big part of our success thank you for having faith in us we're going to reward your faith tonight and his voice cracked because he was crying while he was talking like this man loves wrestling and wrestling's loving him back right now that's like so good. And and you mentioned, you know, wrestling bringing people together. I mean, how many times have you seen other people in Bullet Club shirts see each other, don't know each other, and give each other a too sweet? Or, you know, there's one guy, Chris Parkhurst. Um, he was on the Jericho Cruise, I, I believe. You'll always see him. He's got that little rectangle frame that says connecting people through wrestling. And this guy will just go up with other wrestling fans and frame out a picture and you'll take a selfie with him. I mean – Wrestling fans get a bad rap for being hooligans and the unwashed masses. And to to an extent, it can be true at just about any show. But the fact that so many fans of so many different genres of wrestling, so many different companies, so many different styles, so many different eras, to be frank, and they're all getting together and they're all like, this, what a time to be alive as a wrestling fan. It's, It's really great to see. And, you know, so many times we focus on the like the negative fan aspect. It's we didn't see any of that at Rampage. It was it was a big love fest and it was an amazing thing to see live. You felt you felt the vibrations in there. It was it was something I'll never forget. Definitely. Um, Yeah. Again, it was awesome. I can't wait to see, you know, I can't wait to fucking just see what's what's to come next. You know, listen, 
we we live in a world where the pos as stacked and as fucking awesome of a roster it is. Daniel Bryan, Adam Cole, Bray Wyatt, like they might they're not, floating around. They might yeah, they're <laughs> they're still floating around. They might you know they might be around you know sooner rather than later and. I just think that that's fucking cool. Um, funny enough, so really quick, you know, we've been rambling for a while, so we'll, we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Um, af- after the show, we went and saw a fucking uh, friend of the show, past guest Eric Zisselman. Oh, I saw this man committed champion. murder. Committed yeah. murder. Uh, we went to his hockey game, which was uh, you know Johnny's Ice House, right down the block. Not right down the block. It was a few blocks away. Everyone kept yeah. saying right down the block. Not within walking distance, and definitely not in that neighborhood. But uh, we went, and dude, we were there. There was like twenty of us. Juan was there. Juan, you know, works with us at the shop. He he does all the the uh, the pro wrestling shoes or whatever. We'll have him on soon. If funny story with Juan, this guy was so so excited, so drunk that. He took he took his shirt off and was like waving it in the air the whole time during the CM Punk segment was going on. So if you go back and rewatch it, um, you, you'll see me and Dave. I, I posted pictures and circled us in the crowd, but you know you'll see us me in our PWT cast shirts and I'm holding up the flag. Um, you, in some shots, you just see a CM Punk shirt floating in the background, and Juan is just not even wearing his shirt. He just he was so drunk he took it off and was waving it. But look for a couple of days. Yeah, he he brought he brought that same energy to Eric's hockey game, and dude, they they won, they crushed this team, and it was just awesome, you know. And like again, we were all there in full support, and like nobody was fucking cheering for these guys, and they were so happy to like, you know, see everyone there, and just like yeah, man, su- support your friends, you know, if you get the opportunity, uh, support your friends very much in the same way that we have friends uh, who support us via Patreon. Uh, look at that segue. Look at that fucking segue. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, again, if you go to patreon.com for slash PWT cast, um, listen, uh, you know, we, we love every single one of you guys, every single friends of the show. And, you know, if you're a patron of the show, we love you just a little bit more extra, just a, a tad bit more, you know, and understandably because you guys help support us monetarily, which means a lot to us because, you know, um, we're storytellers by trade, David, we're getting paid. It's- you know, and it's just, it's awesome. We appreciate the support. You know, the, the fact that even one person, let alone, you know, the 22 people, or I, I believe it's 22, that, you know, you guys help support us. That means the world to us. You guys mean the world to us. You know, we love each and every single one of you guys. And, you know, one of the perks of being a Patreon member at any level is that, uh, or the $5 and up level, is that we give you a weekly shout out. So, uh, shout out to Clifford Fraser, Jesse Kohlenberg, our little buddy, uh, Mark Villanueva. Joshua Davis, Ryan Mears, the Invincible Man himself, our man Neil, uh, Shannon Howenick, Jonathan Mayer, Hot Topic Joe, uh, who I may be seeing out in L.A., uh, Ryan Crossley, Taffy, who just messaged, she texted me during this, but I don't know what it is that she said, um, Vivian, who, Vivian, we will be having on uh, Scrump and Sink's family video the, the, the first Friday of next month, uh, talking Goodfellas. Um, her birthday's right around the corner, and I love her and Goodfellas, and so we're gonna talk some Goodfellas. Um, Anthony Torres, our, our man, uh, Anthony Torres, Brandon from New Jersey, WH Park, John Ceno, uh, my godfather, Jesus. Um, shout out, Jesus. Shout out, Jesus. Uh, Brad Obi Dornick, uh, Moises Garcia, uh, who commented, I believe he's also from the Elgin area, and he, he mentioned something about oh. an Elgin mall where, like, something, there was like a section of the mall where you could get tattooed or something like that. Um, <laughs> the Elgin mall. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're from 
<laughs> Definitely would not. Uh, our man Sean Levine, Eric Campbell, and of course, Katie Fape herself. Thank you guys. Thanks to every single one of you guys. And if you want to become a member of a Patreon, uh, you can, you know, for as low as five bucks, you can sign up. Uh, over at patreon.com forward slash pwtcast three different tiers um i'll be reaching out to, to some of you, you new patrons to, to get you guys some of your goodies and uh yeah again thank you to every single one of you guys we, we again we we love and appreciate all of the support from you guys um it's been quite a long episode we will be uh coming to you guys again this week this friday uh with scrump and stinks family video uh and then yeah man you know it's it's gonna be a busy week ahead of us next two weeks specifically with like all out week there's gonna be a lot of stuff going on um there. yeah but hey man we're we're ready you know we're ready for all of it ready for some more wrestling um and yeah thank you again to all you guys um dave i'm looking at the time right now and it looks like i've run out of things to say which doesn't yeah. even make sense considering i'm looking at the time not my notes uh well i, I have one thing to say before we go um some of you may have seen a cryptic uh, announcement for an announcement, a trailer, if you will. Um, we'll, be, we'll be announcing something pretty special on Wednesday, a fun little thing that we're doing. Uh, can't wait to reveal it to you guys. Uh, but it's something that's been in the works for a while. It, it should be a fun time. Um, but keep your eyes peeled to Pro Wrestling Tees social media for that. Um, and, it, it, you know. It's going to be fun. but um, Spo- Spoiler that, alert, it's CM Punk coming back to wrestling. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know or not. But um, yeah, with that, I too have run out of things to say. All right, David. Well, for the PWT cast, I've been Scrump. And this is Stank. And this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. <laughs>